0: I have to get some water before i go live so i'm going live everywhere i'm going live by myself so i'm going live at a lot of places right now on all my social media platforms just about so um thanks for tuning in guys thanks for tuning in oh i need to change the title of today's video it's not the title i want so i want to title this video that i'm about to do thanks for tuning in guys hey hey hey. am tired of this video new ways of storytelling part two but i want to talk about utilize new media technical innovation so I'm tired of this new 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 ways of media i'll title it something like that later on all right but all right so this is part two guys of my video i just did so let me go ahead and write that down real quick so at least on the places where it can change on social media where i'm live from it can change but yeah here goes all the places i'm streaming from here go my social media platform so i'm streaming right now my YouTube tech youtube page and podcast upload past crossroads my Facebook and LinkedIn page, Sean Christopher Jenkins. Um, um, I'm on X. I'm streaming on there on my Twitter page, Trouble Don't Last. That's also my Snap, Instagram, TikTok threads. So I'm streaming on my uh, Instagram page, Trouble on Last. What's up, guys? Streaming on my other Instagram page, my underscore, Daniel, underscore Bob, on my Tumblr page, Trouble do Last, number one. All right, guys. So like I said, on the video I just did before this, on my YouTube channel, upload Past Crossroads, I just went live with Justin. He does YouTube videos with me all the time, Justin Lee Howell. Make sure to befriend him on Facebook. His uh, YouTube channel is Chaplain's Logged, so you can watch more of our videos together on his channel as well. But, uh, yeah, we just went live and we did this video, New Ways of Storytelling. That's part one, and this is part two of that video. So I'm doing a book review on a book that I had to read for seminary school. So if you didn't know, I'm in seminary school. Uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to Colgate rochester Crozer Divinity School. It's in Rochester, New York, but I'm in Nashville, Tennessee still. So i'm doing it online uh my classes give me a lot of books to read and we have to do reports on a lot of books do papers on a lot of books and just stuff like that all right and so one of the books i had to read for the class i was in was introduction to the old testament and hebrew bible right so in that class was just trying to tell us just how the bible came into being how the bible was formulated just. How uh, the scribes of the Bible wrote the Bible, who were the scribes a little bit. Like it, it talks about stuff like that. So one of the books I had to read and do a student presentation on was this book. It's, it's titled, you know, the old testament. Let me make it bigger. I'm sharing my screen on my Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, X page, and my YouTube channel. So you can't see it on Instagram. So guys, you wanna go to my YouTube channel, Upper cash Crossroads to see my screen, go ahead. But uh, the book that we had to read was The Old Testament for a Complex World, How the Bible's Dynamic Testimony Points to a New Life for the Church. And it's by Cameron B.R. Howard. And that's a woman, by the way. And this book was amazing. So throughout some of the uh, chapters in the books, uh, you know, one of the chapters talked about biblical foundations for creative change. So it said, doctor was basically talking about in that chapter, you can be biblical and still, you know, change the method, change the way that you're teaching the Bible, but it still be the same. And it still has the same effect. But that's the thing. You have to innovate. You have to change your method of teaching in order to reach the new generation. Because you can't reach every single generation the same exact way. Every generation is different. Right? So she talked about stuff like that throughout her book. So, uh, yeah, one of the chapters was the dynamic, the Bible's dynamic witness. My favorite chapter was chapter two, arguably, you know, adapting a popular culture. You have to adapt to your time period, to your age, to your generation and stuff like that. But for today's video, like I said, we're gonna talk about how, what's the method, the way, you know, what's the method that we should use when it comes to our storytelling? Like what's the innovation that needs to happen to reach people in our day? Because guys, uh, you know, the church, I asked everybody in in the past video, like is the church measuring up to preaching the gospel the way that the world is measuring up and preaching their messages, right? Like how is the church, how is your church? How is your preacher? How are the preachers that you know and that you actually, they're actually in your communities. How are they when it comes to their method of storytelling, when it comes to like Disney Channel or Marvel movies or the world in any method, any ways that they're trying to reach people? You see what I'm saying? And so at least in my eyes, like I feel like the church is failing, especially the African Methodist Episcopal Church, because that's the denomination I'm in. And so, uh, yeah, the author talks about that throughout her book not the african methodist Episcopal church but throughout just throughout her book when it talks about um you know trying to relate this message so the bible could be archaic can can be old and seem irrelevant to some people right that's one misconception people have but the bible related to people scribes who wrote the bible who you know brought all these different scrolls together to come up with you know a method of storytelling to reach the people of their their day Those scribes are so relevant for the people in their time period that it literally still reaches people today and that's the results the fruit of if you try to reach people with the messages and the storytelling that you convey to people when it comes to preaching the bible like if you do that it's going to reach a lot of people so i'm going to take an excerpt from uh you know this book the old testament for a complex world how the bible's dynamic testimony points to new life for the church i'm going to take an excerpt from the book and really break down a point I'm trying to make for this video, right? So um, this this point, this excerpt from the book is on page 114, and it, you know, she's telling us in chapter five. This is where that excerpt's is found. On, in chapter five is titled uh, "Biblical Foundations for Creative Change," right? And so, uh, yeah, this uh, chapter was just talking about how, you know, we got to tell our stories better to reach people in this world right like just think about all the distractions people have in this world Just think about all the innovative new ways that the world's trying to reach everybody and is the church doing the same thing like and that's a heck to the no obviously like how is your your favorite pastor or your preachers that you know or the church how do they measure up to Disney Channel or to marvel or to the avengers or the iron man or the spider-man i keep on going like there's no comparison. And honestly, in my eyes, I think the church preachers should be killing and crapping on Marvel, Disney, and all that stuff, right? All the distractions that the world gives. But like, if we're not coming with it when our, with our new media, our new storytellings, our new ways of innovating and teaching the Bible, then obviously it's not going to turn anybody on. Obviously, nobody we're not going to reach anybody because there's too much distractions in the world, too much Innovations going on all around us. And if there's a lag, if there's a if the church is behind, if, if we're behind the times with preaching the gospel and those new ways and new methods of understanding and reaching people, then obviously people we ain't gonna reach nobody, right? And so that's where the Amy church is felt. Like the bishop asked us one question, and it was my first annual conference. I really went to, and I had to sit down and everything. It was two years ago. She asked everybody. When it came to churches, right? Planting churches. He said, you know, where should we plant a church? Everybody was thinking about physically planting a church. And I was thinking about digitally, technology, technology wise. I'm not going to give my finger, but like, uh, I don't want to give my whole hand with everything. I don't know who's listening. But like, guys, there's so many new ways, new methods of reaching people that we have to implement and we have to do as the church, as the body of Christ. And if we don't do that, obviously we're not going to reach anybody. Right, because we just live in a different age and a different time period, and we can't keep on preaching the same exact message in the same exact way throughout each and every single generation. I expect we're gonna reach the new generation when they understand things differently than us. They they receive information differently than us. They they want to be told stories in a certain type of way that they get all the time from the, the children's shows and the movies and stuff that they watch all the time, digitally, right? In today's time period. It's just they're on steroids right now, the alpha beta generation Gen Z, like they they grew up with technology so what do, you, what do you think how do you think you're going to reach them in a physical location anymore you see what i'm saying so um yeah let's take an excerpt from this book right so again the book is the old testament for a complex world how the bible how the bible's dynamic testimony points to new life for the church is by cameron b howard let's take what she said on page 114 talk about this on today's video so she said on page 114 embracing creativity and storytelling May involve technical innovations such as utilizing new media. Right? She said it may, right? <laughs> so, but it may also mean embracing new stories, new ways of understanding the identity of your community. Stories need to be updated to reflect the changing type, the changing shape of any community. As we have seen, updating stories is a fundamental biblical idea, right? And so, her whole point in her book was. Um, When it comes to how the Bible was formulated, how the Bible came into being, like it took all these different stories. The scribes who wrote the Bible, right? Which we don't know who a lot of them are, right? So the scribes who translated the Bible, who wrote the Bible, like they they literally took what what these scrolls were saying, right? These different people who wrote different things for their time period, for their day, what God said. They took these scrolls and they took the stories from. What was happening in their day? So, like three little pigs or something like that. They took one of those stories. So, specifically the flood accounts, the court stories, and it was another uh, method of storytelling. Oh, the apocalypse stories, like so the end times and stuff like that. So stories like that. So the stories in those time periods, they took those stories and they implemented them in the Bible to make the Bible. But they put, they painted those stories in such a way that they wanted you to understand God. They want you to understand Jesus. How everything points back to them so this is what they did with the bible right so just understanding that fundamental idea about the bible it shows us and teaches us like man like the bible is really complex it's not limited so obviously when we're teaching the bible we're preaching the bible we're reading the bible we don't need to limit the bible and restrict it to it just being one thing about one thing no like just the way how the bible was made and created how it got to us like that's a sermon in and of itself that will teach a message that will teach you more about god that will show your love for god even more you see what i'm saying guys so like there's new ways new ideas new stories that need to be told new stories so like we talked about that in the past videos me and justin like there's so many people in the bible that we don't know like how many people's stories are being told in the bible right how many character stories are being told how many character stories are not being told in the bible How many people who are in the Bible, but they're not really in the Bible because their name wasn't it wasn't said and they didn't give those names a voice. So how many people in the Bible who has a name in the Bible, but they don't have a voice? It's a lot of people. You see what I'm saying, guys? So there's so many stories that need to be told with the Bible. And if we have those stories being told. Right then, we can glean even more wisdom, even more insight about God, a different revelation that He was trying to give to us. You see what I'm saying, guys? Like, there's so much to learn about the Bible, but is your church giving you that? Is your church teaching you that? Is your pastor teaching you that? You see what I'm saying, guys? Like, these new ways and new methods of storytelling is what the author's trying to push in this book, like to try to get you to go there, go there, like. A lot of people, there's a lot of stuff that people don't want to say about David because they're scared. Like it may turn some people off, but no, you need to tell those stories about David. You need to tell those stories about Solomon. You need to tell the bad side and the good side about all of them so that everybody could get a revelation, right? That God wants them to have that. Now everybody's perfect. Like that's another misconception Christians have. They think, you know, you got to be without sin. Who is without sin in the Bible? Nobody. David was sinful. I mean, one of his children was raped, Tamar. He didn't go see her. He went to go see the son that raped her, right? And show compassion for him, but not his daughter. Why? Probably because his daughter was useless to him now, because she was damaged goods. See, back in that time period, let's talk about this. This is one of the stories that pastors don't talk about that need to be told, right? So back in that time period, as a king, if you have daughters, you can marry your daughter off to a different nation, a different kingdom, and if you have ties with that kingdom. You have an alliance now, so your daughter was only good for that. See, women didn't have value back in the older days. You guys know that. Let's keep it a buck, keep it a band, right? So, women didn't have values back then, and their only asset, only value was their reproduction, you know, trait or whatever you want to call it. Or you guys know what I'm trying to say: having children, bearing children. So if and their virginity also by the way so like if tamar was raped, right, she lost her virginity so she's she's useless to david now because like the whole society shunned her so now he's shunning her too so that's another side of david we don't really talk about We want to talk about how david when he was fleeing from absalom one of his sons he left his wives and his children which we don't know how many wives and children he had in jerusalem but we know he had a lot he left them and he never saw them again because he was fleeing from his son from Jerusalem, because his son was trying to get the throne and trying to kill his father to get it, right? So um, yeah, so that method of storytelling doesn't get told, right? And so because that method of storytelling doesn't get told, we miss getting an insight about something else that God's trying to tell us, how he's willing to work with us if we're willing to work with him. That's what David was. We call David a man after God's own heart. But that man you know, who was after God's own heart was pretty pretty flawed, right? Are you flawed? Yes, you are. You know you are. Is everybody flawed? Yes, everybody is. Everybody's a sinner. Everybody makes mistakes. So just getting that revelation will help you not to have some type of twisted idea or misconception that you have to be completely without sin in order to get to heaven. because nobody's completely without sin, not even the disciples, right? And and shoot, they're the foundation of the new heaven and new earth in Revelation 21, 22. Like literally, they're the foundation. When God makes a new heaven, a new earth, a new Jerusalem, that's what it's called in Revelations 21, 22, the last two chapters of the Bible is talking about, it's a little screenshot, a little snippet of what heaven's going to be like and what the new world order is going to be like when Jesus is literally living with us, when, he, when God, his light is our son. There's no need for a son. There's no need for light, no need for lamps, no need for any of that because God is our light, right? There'll be no shade, no shadows, no darkness. It will be all light. And then on top of that, every single stone on the foundations, because, you know, back in that time period, they had good foundations on buildings and houses and stuff. In today's time period, they don't have no good foundation. They don't build houses down to the rock like they used to, the rock and the soil, guys, like they used to. So that houses didn't bulge or move, you know, with Jesus' analogy, build your house on a solid rock, on a solid foundation. That's what he's talking about. The new Jerusalem will be on a solid rock, a solid foundation that will be unmovable unshakable the foundation is the 10 disciples i mean the 12 disciples with their names on it in different gemstones for each one of those names and gemstone guys so lights reflecting from those gemstones these are real gemstones the earth doesn't have real gemstones but in heaven the 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 gemstones that these that the arthur mentioned will be the foundations in heaven boy the way they, they reflect off reflect off light it it shows like a little rainbow color thing like a different rainbow configuration i wish i could show you guys i've done videos on it you just gotta go to my youtube channel over past crossroads look for my studies i did on revelations 21 22 with justin and myself and you'll see like uh, what i was talking about but yeah guys like when light when true light hits which there's no truer light than god right when true light hits a real stone like i think it's like jasper's one and amos is one it's different gemstones you gotta see But like when it hits those kind of stones, like it gives off a rainbow uh, reflection, right? And it's beautiful, like the rays and the different shapes that each stone gives off a different rainbow configuration like that. So that's what heaven's going to be like. You can look around and everywhere. is pure light, pure reflection coming off those gemstones. And that's just what the gemstones are the foundation of all Jerusalem, right? All new Jerusalem. Let me rephrase that. Then when you got the, the twelve there's gonna be twelve doors to get into heaven. On each side is three, and each one of those doors are all of Joseph's brothers. It's the twelve tribes of uh Israel. So all of Jacob's children. So Joseph's gonna have a door, and all his siblings that sold him into slavery is gonna have a door. Judah's gonna have a door, right? All his siblings. Reuben, y- y'all y'all know how flawed Reuben and Simeon is, right? Like, I forgot who the third child is, but like all these sons. Are gonna have a door, right? And they all are flawed. A door to the new heaven, new earth. there are 12 tribes with their names on it, right? The doors. And the doors are made of pearls. Guys, I haven't even told you what pearls meant. Let I me mean, let me just go ahead and say this. Pearls. So pearl, pearls are made from uh you guys know uh, an oyster, right? I think a oyster, I think it's called an oyster. So an oyster has an irritation that happens with them in the water when sand hits them, right? And so it irritates them. And so they make pearls by the irritation. So they keep on doing something with the irritation. They keep on putting nectar on it to get rid of it and to not make it irritation anymore. So this irritation, they keep on putting nectar in it, this oyster, right? And they keep on putting nectar in it and wrapping up this irritation and nectar and nectar. And it eventually makes a, a pearl, right? So this irritation turns into a pearl. All of God's children are a great irritation to him all of god's children are literally gets on his last nerves probably because we're all sinners we're all flawed but yet there's still a way to him right so all the the three doors on each side the 12 gates of the new jerusalem new heaven new earth right it's all made of pearls we're a great irritation to god we're pearls we're still a treasure though <laughs> god turns us and transforms this irritation into great treasures that's all his children right these are the only people that get to heaven right we all we all allow god to use that his nectar right turn that to turn you know these great irritations us into precious stones the precious jewels and the precious pearls right you guys know how expensive real pearls are right you should look it up like especially back in jesus's time period like pearls were only the rich have pearls. Only the elites have pearls. So like only kings and queens have pearls. Nobody else have pearls. They're very, very rare. Just like gold, right? So like that's how significant every single believer, every single child of God is. That's why the gates of heaven, the new heaven, new earth, new Jerusalem, the revelations 21, 22, are going to be made of pearl. And so guys, this is what knowing the bible does guys it gives you creative methods of storytelling gives you creative innovations behind your storytelling so new ways of storytelling so is your church is your denomination are the people who you hear preach the gospel in the bible all the time are they preaching the same exact message all the time in the same exact way are they new are they using new methods of preaching the gospel new ways of preaching the gospel that gets everybody's juices flowing right because that's what's gonna get young people. So one question that Emmy church asks all the time is how do we get young people? How do we get the get the youth? That's how you get the youth. You stop doing the same thing all the time, 24-7. Because that annoys kids, it annoys me. It annoys the millennials. It's dangerous you're gonna annoy Generation Z people, and it's dangerous you're gonna annoy anything after that. Alpha, beta, whatever the Greek alphabet is, whatever goes after that. Like, so guys, like we can't keep on preaching this gospel, preaching god in the same exact way like we have to utilize the new technologies new forms of reaching people new innovations right that's what's going to get the young people and if you don't do that you're not going to get no young people you're not going to get millennials that's why i feel like millennials are probably the least amount of people in church because i am one right you know if i had it my way i wouldn't even go but god called me to preach like you know what i'm saying so that changes the equation but anyways guys you see what i'm saying like um yeah, let's keep on going, man. So the excerpt of this book. Let me go back to it. So page one fourteen. You know, I read it. It said embracing creative. Yeah, embracing creativity and storytelling may e- involve technical innovations. So she's throwing out one example, one way of reaching people is technical innovations. So I want to talk about that in today's video. Like, does your church, does any church you know, right? Do they use technology? and technological innovations, new media to reach people. See, COVID saved everybody, but in the church. Matter of fact, it saved every single church. Because how many churches weren't filming their services before COVID, right? That's my first question. How many churches were um, preaching the gospel through YouTube, Facebook, or some technological media? Before COVID, see, COVID saved a lot of churches. But you wanna know what's what's worse? Everybody's doing it now. Everybody's showing their church services on Zoom, on Facebook, and on YouTube. That's the only three. Like, I'd be surprised if anybody's doing Instagram, doing Twitter, doing LinkedIn. Like, doing every single platform, right? But that's what you should be doing, right? And then also, what's next? What's the steroids of that, like? So does your church, you probably do that now, but what's the next technological innovation? I'm not going to give my hand, but what's the new method, the new media that the church needs to be using or new medias that the church needs to be using to reach this generation? Because I'm going to tell you something right now, the way that the church is working right now as a whole, guys, as a whole, because we're the body of Christ. We're all in this together, right? No matter what your denomination is. At the end of the day, all that matters is do you believe in Jesus, right? That's it. Everything else don't matter. So if that's the case, right? How many of us, as the body of Christ, as a unit, as a church, like how many of us are actually using that new, 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 new method of technology to reach people right now, right? So honestly, guys, like I'm gonna say what it is later on in the video. I'm gonna let you guys catch on to it because I don't want to get my hand here because I don't know who's listening. You gotta be careful who you tell. You know give your hand to and who you tell all your information to you know all your business to. i don't know if other preachers are listening to it in my denomination so but uh yeah let's keep on going let's read this excerpt and i'm gonna throw out new ideas new media new technological advances innovations that we should be implementing as a church right so embracing creativity and storytelling may involve technological innovations such as utilizing new media utilizing new media man but it may also mean embracing new stories new ways of understanding the identity of your community all right let's stop there so guys there's a church right now as a whole do we understand our communities no because some people think that the church needs to be separate from their communities when you're not you're a part of your community already you have the same address as some of the people who are right there with you in your community right so a lot of times people have a misconception of what it means to be separate from them do not be among them what does light have to do with darkness what does The church had to do with Satan, right? So it's stuff like that, right? So some people are so heavily minded, they're no earthly good. Like that's a misconception. That's probably a false quote a little bit, but you have to understand where it's coming from. Did Jesus have anything to do with the people of the earth when he came here? Like literally, Jesus came down from his high horse, right? He came down from his throne. God did. By the way, God came down from his throne to come with man. He came down from his throne, the greatest place ever, heaven. You don't get better than that. What's the best place to be? I think the, where the throne of God is, where God is, right? That's the best place to be. But he came down from his throne to come down to us, human beings. Ugh. The earth, ugh. Oh, so flawed, right? Like, <laughs> why? <laughs> to be amongst us, to be with us, because he's an intimate God. He wants to embrace us. He wants to hold us. He wants to give us everything we need. He wants us, he wants to be our God. He wants to be there for us through each and every single thing in our lives. You know, God cares so much for us, guys, that he cares about things that we don't even care about. Let me use an example. How many, how many numbers of hairs do you have on your head? How many numbers of hairs do you have on your whole entire body? You see what I'm saying, guys? So if that's the case, guys, how much does God care for us if He if He if He can even number that? I mean, you could be bald and be hairless. He still knows the number of heads on your head. But you still got hair somewhere. On your arms you know somewhere right in your ears everybody needs hearing their ears and nose to protect from you know bacteria and stuff like that you see what i'm saying so guys like god cares to know all that in a new heaven new earth god's gonna live with us that's why it's gonna be heaven here on heaven literally because god's gonna be with us he's gonna make sure nothing bad or nothing bad can come in in the heaven in Revelation 20, 21 22 it said there'll be no sickness no diseases because the fruit that they eat from these trees that changes every 12 months. Like it changes every 12 months. And the fruit that they eat from the tree will, is for their health, it's for their benefit. So food obviously should be keeping you alive a long time. You see what I'm saying? The Bible is so cool, guys. Then it said like, uh, when it came to uh, God, it said that nobody, no sickness, no darkness, no evil, no evildoers, no liars, no cheaters, no murderers, none of these people are allowed into heaven. Only the people who believe in Jesus and have Jesus in their heart and the love of God in them are welcome in this place, right? And God's going to be in our midst. He's going to be with us. He's the security system. He's going to make sure nothing can get in that shouldn't be in there. This is heaven, right? So guys, like even God has to do something with our communities? Is God totally oblivious to our communities? If he knows the number of heads on our heads, what do you think he knows about our communities and what's going on in our world? What do you think? Do you think he not he doesn't care? Are you kidding me? Jesus literally came down from his throne and showed us that he cares. Right? Jesus literally died for us and showed us that he cared. Jesus literally let people kill him. Let people say that he wasn't God. Still let them say that he's not God. And still is willing to love them and show mercy to them and you know be their God and stuff like that. You see what I'm saying? That's the kind of God we serve. But some Christians believe God doesn't have want anything to do with their community. And when you have that misconception and, and when you have that distorted kind of thinking, all right, you can't embrace what God's trying to do in your community. This author is literally trying to say, like, you have to know the identity in your community, the identity behind your community. You got to know what how to reach your community. You got to know what things that your community needs in order to reach your community. You have to know your community so that you can know what messages to give to them from the Bible. And that's another thing. A lot of churches are preaching all these different messages, right? Actually, they're preaching the same messages. Like, everybody knows about David. Everybody knows about the Red Sea. Everybody knows, I mean, they know about Jesus. You can never tell Jesus too much, right? But you you guys see what I'm saying. Like, some stories of the Bible we really know, and then there's other stories we don't know at all. Like, Mechizedek, is that his name? Like, there's so many people in the Bible that they don't talk about at all. Uh, king Josiah, um, his mother, um, man, there's so many people, man, uh, man, Solomon's son, Rehoboam, probably the worst king in Israel's history. I mean, the wisest man on earth. Had a His most stupidest son with no common sense. There's so many stories in the Bible that need to be told. So many voices, people that don't have a voice in the Bible, like all of David's wives, that. Were left in Jerusalem when he was fleeing from Absalom, like I mentioned earlier in this video. Like his children. They don't name even his, they only name one of his daughters, Tamar. But D- David had like 80 kids, guys, or 60, maybe even more. We don't even know how many he had. And most of them are women. That's another thing. Even with Jacob in the Bible, Jacob had 12 sons, right? Do you guys know he had daughters? I didn't even know he had daughters. It doesn't even mention them are you kidding me see I'm, I'm a more detailed person I think you guys can say can tell I'm detail oriented I'm nitpicky I'm meticulous whatever you want to paint it guys so like the details are important to me see what I'm saying because you can learn a lot from the details but the Bible's missing so many details and then also there's so many contradictions but that's the whole point of the Bible guys like we, when you look at the new heaven new earth in this world order right now in this world order did you guys know that 80 percent of the sea has yet to been discovered 80 to 85 by the way and then 90 to 95 percent of space has yet to been discovered so if that's the case what does that tell you about the world how many creatures do you think we know and how many creatures do you think we don't know that we should know about right there's a lot like we don't know majority of the stuff that we should know and what's the cure of cancer we should know the answer to that right we're human beings we know everything right the cure of alzheimer's and dementia what's the cure we know everything right we're human beings we know everything right science is the best right we don't know at all in this world order right now we don't know everything and that's the whole point of this world order god's trying to show us that we need him we have to trust in him we have to rely on him right so like that's the case in our world right now in the new heaven new earth god's gonna be with us he's gonna be answering our questions. He's literally there. We're going to know everything. Look, there's literally no darkness, only light. That says a lot about the new heaven, new earth. Darkness. What does darkness symbolize? Confusion, lostness. You stumble and you hit your toes in the darkness when it's pitch dark and no light at all. Think about that. What does the darkness symbolize? No hope. Like, literally, this is what darkness symbolizes. That's why we have light and day right now. But in the new heaven, new earth, it's only going to be light. You see that? So, like, guys, there's new ways of understanding the identity of our communities. You have to understand where the community is at right now. This world, where it's at. You have to understand where the the babies of the day's time period. So, like, you know, the newborns to the ten-year-olds. Uh, you have to understand where they're at. What what their community wants, what they need, what what entices them, what do they like. You gotta understand what reaches middle schoolers, people of middle school age. You gotta understand what reaches people of You know teenage age high school age college age millennials anything older than that you see what i'm saying like everybody's different you have to understand the community to reach them and if you don't do what it takes to understand them and implement the things that you know entices them that they want to see and stuff like that you're not going to reach them so that's my thing with the enemy church one of my biggest problems man like they say they want young people they say they want young pastors they say they want all this stuff right? But then when when push comes to shove and you're supposed to implement these things, you don't. When we tell you what we need, you don't do anything about it. Then you claim you got the love of God in you, but you're not willing to bend over backwards for your neighbor. You're not willing to cross oceans for your neighbor. You're not willing to put in the work for your neighbor in order to reach them, in order to give them what they need, in order to reach that whole community. You don't care. Don't say you got the love of God in you. Don't. Because if you did, you would care enough to do things you don't want to do and you don't care to do that doesn't even reach your generation of people but how many denominations don't how many denominations don't do that how many religions don't do that i would argue to say all of them this is why the church is failing when it comes to the world the world's having its way right now satan's winning the destruction of this world is literally crushing everything the church is doing because we're not willing to understand our communities to understand our world, this is what the Arthur's are saying, man. There's new ways of reaching people in our community because our community has different needs than the people in Jesus's community. At the end of the day, is it the same? Yeah, sure, a little bit, maybe. But I can tell you right now, there's a lot of differences. For example, our ten- technological advances, right? You can see a baby right now in today's time period, a newborn, know how to work up an iPhone better than an 85 year old for a reason, right? This is the age we're living in. If a baby can do that, with an iPhone and an iPad. I want you guys to really think if a baby can do that and have that capability to understand it better than an 85-year-old person, what do you think they're going to do when they get 20? What do you think they're going to be at when they're 30? You know what I'm saying? They're going to be on a whole different level. So like what they need how they're going to understand the Bible It's going to be different than how an 85-year-old and how a 55-year-old understands the Bible. See, that's problem problem with the enemy church. Like, everybody's older in every single church. Like, the average age of some of the churches are 65, 70, 55. That is old, right? And so what reaches them, what they think reaches them, they think it's going to reach everybody. That's not the case. It's really sad in African Methodist Episcopal Church. It really is, guys. I don't know what denomination you're a part of. And what your religion is, but that's that's what denomination I'm trying to get my ordination in. And like, when it comes to technological innovations, new utilizing new media, the emmy Church is the worst at it. Like, bro, like we should be in a virtual reality world. We should be not just digitally in, tw- you know, on Facebook and Zoom. Like, literally, they think is Zoom. Zoom is like Skype now. This is old. <laughs> Like, bro, we need a more update. We need to do something different to reach even more people digitally. Because right now, Facebook's not cutting it. Facebook's for old people. Newsflash. No young person uses Facebook. They hate it. They're on TikTok, they're on Snapchat, they're on the short circuited s- platforms, right? So if we're trying to reach the younger generation, we're trying to reach people in today's time period, how do we get more young people in church? This is how you do it. Are you on TikTok? Are you on Snapchat? Do you have videos that are three minutes? I'm telling you now, even this video, this video does not suffice for a younger generation. I don't even know who it suffices for. Honestly, because I don't even get the numbers like that, like I used to get, so you see what I'm saying? But like, man, there's so many, every generation is different. Every community is different. And the way that the church is operating right now, they think that every community, what what worked for one community will work for every community. That's not the case. What worked for my church is going to work for every church. That's not the case. It's different variables, different factors, different group of people, different experiences. Everything's different. You have to know your community, the identity of your community, so you can have know what those new ways of embracing new stories and new ways of of media, embracing those innovations like to be creative in a way that they can understand, right? You know what I'm saying? Because not every community will understand how one community understand, or how one community got the message. But the whole entire thing is about selling Jesus, about selling God, right? You're marketing Jesus and God at the end of the day. You're telling people you need the Bible. You're trying to sell it. You're a salesman. So guys, like, how are you selling it? Like, honestly, with the best salesman, I can guarantee the best salesman, what makes them stand out? is their new ideas, their creativity, the technological advances. Like I already know it's crapping on the lowest of lowest of salesmen. The lowest of lowest of salesmen don't even know who they are. Or how to sell really. They're trying to figure themselves out. But the best salesmen ever, how are they going to sell stuff? They already know what people want. They've been, you know, accustomed to talking to a lot of people in their communities. They know their market because they've been at their dealership and they've been they know these cars because they drove them so like they just have so much knowledge about these things so guys about the bible let's go back to it so how how familiar are you with the bible how familiar are you with the stories in the characters in the bible how familiar are you with the, the their communities because there needs to be creativity behind how you teaching it right like what genre will reach different communities yeah somebody uh tech message me genres yeah so like um yeah let me go back to this uh excerpt so you can see my screen on facebook sean christopher jenkins on linkedin sean christopher jenkins on youtube uh upload past crossroads on twitter x you know trouble don't last so that's why i'm sharing my screen i can't share it on instagram because the instagram police suck freak forget instagram guys sorry i ain't been posting instagram pissed me off man like they shadow banned me so they've been banning all my Pictures and posts I've been posting to be seen by anybody that follows me. So I just, I gave up for a minute. Man. We'll see what if God brings me back, man. Y'all pray for me, man. Pray to Instagram police get off my back. But, anyways, I want to read this again. So, embracing creativity and storytelling may involve technological innovations, such as utilizing new media. But it may also mean embracing new stories, new ways of understanding the identity of your community. Stories need to be updated to reflect the changing shape of your community. See, every community is changing. Every community is updating. Like, I haven't been in Nashville. I wasn't in, was in Nashville from 2016 to 2018. When I came back in 2018, every time I came back, by the way, Nashville just looked different. It was different Different buildings. <laughs> More buildings. Like, the whole Nashville landscape changed. Not to mention they're gentrifying it. You guys know what I'm trying to say. Like, they're trying to move out the black people to a different community. And then because these used to be the hood but now it's so turn into white communities so like a whole landscape of nashville downtown nashville by the way is changing right so every community changes it's not the same dynamic as it used to be so another example just i can use my denomination as an example because i really i'm learning it better and better so like when the bishop asked the uh, about two years ago so like in 2021 she asked everybody, you know, where can we plant a new church? You know, where should the church be at? And I was just thinking, like, there's no community that you can plant an all black church at and it, it will thrive right now. Because like church ain't the thing to go to physically. Maybe digitally is the thing to go to. Hint hint, right? <laughs> but like physically, no. So like you don't plant a church physically. Digitally, yes, you do. But like doing like even right now, like a lot of times our churches are dying off in African Methodist Episcopal Church because like where they're located. That's the biggest thing. Like you look at any look up any African Methodist Episcopal Church and then look where they're at locally, like in their community. Go go out to it. All these communities used to be thriving hoods with all black people. But now all these black people have died off. All the older generation that used to go to these churches have died off so now it's like the remnant of that family so like the kids the cousins that moved into that house that are there and their grandmothers like dying off a little bit you see what i'm saying so like they're not gonna go to church they, they don't have, they don't know that community like they don't know that church that church don't do nothing for them so it's not even a community no more so these churches the ame church at least african Methodist Episcopal. you look at any of these churches where they're located they're located in dead communities with dead people in dead houses. Like these houses should be thriving, but not anymore. These communities should be thriving. Not anymore. Because the landscape changes. And the church has to change with their communities if they're trying to reach their communities. Does that mean the church needs to change completely? No, that's not what anybody's saying. You can't the Bible even says don't contradict the Bible, don't add and subtract to the Bible. Nobody's saying that in this video. We're saying that the method of storytelling, the way you try to reach people has to change it has to change you can't reach people the same way that's probably why Mormons don't go door-to-door no more because they figured out you can't reach people in that way it's not going to turn people on like for me for example if a Mormon come up to me do you do you believe in the Bible or something like, bro like I'm trying to be a pastor <laughs> if you would have gotten to know me for a second some of the questions you wouldn't even ask me you wouldn't even have came up to me but because you come up to people randomly assuming that they don't know Jesus like it can come up as offensive. So that's why Jesus said be the salt and light of the world. Salt has 14,000 different functionalities on this earth right now. So the Christian has 14,000 different functionalities, 14,000 different ways to reach people. Salt gets to know its substance. When salt comes into contact with a substance, what happens? It absorbs, the, it's absorbed in the substance. It becomes one with the substance. You can't even see it no more. It disappears. Put salt on something. Guarantee you won't know where it's at no more. I could put on, I could put salt on pizza right now and give you the pizza, and you won't even know salt's on it, because it literally became one with the substance. That's what the church has to become with the community. You're the salt and light of the world. You should know your community. You should know the world you're trying to to reach. You should know the whole landscape and the whole layout. Jesus did. That's how Jesus reached anybody. He knew Zacchaeus would be up on a tree. Was it Zacchaeus? He knew Zacchaeus would be up on a tree. He would. He knew Zacchaeus would be in that community. knew zacchaeus was there and so what did jesus do he reached zacchaeus right because he knew him everybody jesus reached he knew do you know everybody you try to reach you should because that's how you reach people by getting to know them people don't care to see how much you know they care they want to see if you care about them right that's what they care about the most it's how you treat people that they care about the most they don't care about what you say so, like, this is the way to reach the community. This is a changing landscape. So, stories need to be updated to reflect the changing of any community. What kind of community do we live in? We live in the softest community ever. Nobody cares for anybody's opinions anymore. I don't care either. I don't care for your feedback. I don't need it. That's the type of generation we live in. Like <laughs> uh people, you guys, I don't even got to tell you. We live in a weird time period, a weird generation. And just the way we operate, it has as a church. It has to change with the times. Just being respectful is one. Like, there's certain things you can't say anymore. Otherwise, cancel culture will come for you and stuff like that. You see what I'm saying? But, like, that don't mean we're scared of saying stuff that needs to be said. It just means that you have to be more respectful and loving, which we should have been in the first place, anyways. You don't just hang people you don't agree with. You know what I'm saying? Like, you love on them. Jesus didn't do that. Do you do what Jesus did? You see what I'm saying? Jesus loved on people that didn't understand with him. He didn't pick up arguments and just debate with them. He loved on them. Do you love on them? Do you love on the people in your community that disagree with you? The world doesn't do that. So if the church did that, oh my gosh, that would reach even more people. You see what I'm saying? Like the author was talking about her book. There's new ways of storytelling, and the church has to measure up with the storytelling that's going on with the world. The story, the world is telling the greatest stories ever. I don't know if you guys. I've been mean, watching like all these Marvel movies, like all these Avengers, you know, Spider-Man, Iron Man, Black Panther. Like these mo- Black, Black Adam for DC, uh, you, you uh, comics. I love DC. I, I'm a DC fan over Marvel. I wish I could be over the production and the, and the directing of all these movies for DC, because I would make sure that we're crapping on Marvel, because Batman, just with him alone, has the greatest advantage over any. Of the Avengers or anybody, because his characters—he has the best villains at anybody. Spider-Man even. Spider-Man has the best villains at anybody. Like Spider-Man, is so good, he has to go against sinister, the Sinister Six, which is like Falcon, um, Rhino, uh, Magnesium, Magnesio, something like that. Doc, Doc Ock. Like he has to go against six different people and fight against them and beat them. Same thing for. Uh, <laughs> When it comes to uh, Batman, Batman goes up against Two-Face, Mr. Freeze, Red, Catwoman. Like Batman got a lot of villains. And what makes Batman is his villains. You see what I'm saying? Villains make Batman. So if DC took these movies that they were making and just focused on villains, they kind of do it with Harley Quinn, but they need to make a whole movie on Joker, which they're starting to do, or a whole movie on Mr. Freeze. And a whole movie on Riddler. That's what I really want to see. A whole movie on Riddler. Like, his villains are great. And they need to stop making villains so, like, <laughs> like goofy. Villains, Lex Luthor is just as sharp, if not more sharp and brilliant than uh, Iron Man. You know what I mean? And Bruce Wayne. So, like, you know, Batman. So, like, just that dynamic. Like, just, they got to do a better better job at storytelling that. And that's what they're doing. They're literally taking the movies and trying to reach everybody. Like they're doing it even with shows. Like they're trying to reach, you know, the gay community, or they're trying to reach uh, transgenders, or they're trying to reach uh, like every show, every movie, like whatever you, wherever you flow to towards your political views, Democrat, Re- Democratic, Republican. Like they're trying to flow your direction and hit you with something you like. So does the church do the same thing? We know the answer to that. And this is what the author is saying: You know, stories need to be updated to reflect the changing shape of any community. Of any community, see, there's a community of gay people. So how is the church trying to reach them? There's a community of transgenders. How is the church trying to reach them? There's a community of people that are like me that are more digital. Things turn turn us on digitally. Does the church does that? Did they meet that need? Animation, see little spoiler again it's the church meeting that we can have our own Disney Channel of all Christian movies is the church meeting that say I'm giving my hand a little bit I shouldn't talk but guys I see I know you see where I'm going at you see what I'm saying like there's new ways of storytelling that the church has to has to do They have to implement for to reach people in this world because this is our community the world is our community it's our canvas is our whole landscape so what is the church doing to meet it you have to do stuff to meet it if you don't do those things to meet it you're not going to meet them you're not going to reach anybody every community is important god cares for every community do you that's the whole point of this video guys so like utilizing new media and technological innovation so let me finish reading this let's make sure i said everything so as we have seen, updating stories is a fundamental, biblical idea. All right. I already focused on that, but I'm going to use one example, guys. So I asked everybody at the very beginning of this video. Let's see if I can find it. I asked them this question. Um, was it this one? Yeah. What new ways? I didn't ask it, but I should have asked it. So here goes the question. What new genres, new ways of speaking, storytelling, and sense-making are arising to articulate new and life-giving ways of moving through God's world? See, there's a way that we have to move through this world. There's a way that's going to reach people. So is the church and are you and does your pastor do things and does your denomination. Do things to meet the people in the world where they're at to give them the God that they need. Because God can meet every single need in this world. He's not restricted to this little box that a lot of Christians try to put them in. Like God operates in this way. He can only reach these amount of people. No, he can reach anybody. It's just a matter behind. How did we come across to that community of people? How did we present the gospel? Like it's really on us as believers. Like, how are we presenting it? Did we show guys love? Did we show patience? Did we show kindness? Did we show disrespect and harshness? Because you nobody's gonna reach you. Imagine if a salesman try to reach you, condemning you, belittling you, hating on you, trying to get you this, trying to sell you a car, disrespecting you the whole time, being kind con- of what's that condescending. You think you're gonna buy that car from him, give him a deal? No, same thing for believers, man. So, like, you know what drew what new genres, new ways of speaking and storytelling, and sense making are arising to articulate new and life-giving ways of moving through God's world. So, how are you doing this? What new ways are you doing, guys? And I want to throw out an example. Man, I watched the movie um Nun 2 the other day. Have y'all seen the Nun before? Like None. The nun, right? So, the nun's made by the same creators who made The Conjuring, Annabelle. Um, you know the nun. I'm trying to think of other movies they made, but they made a whole lot of scary movies. And like, guys, honestly, these movies have been great. Like, and what's crazy behind all these scary movies? They're like, they're all they're doing is retelling a story that was, that that literally happened with exorcisms extric- and demonic forces before you know, from, it's based on these two people. So I should totally do a whole series on it, but maybe I won't get to it because there's so much other stuff to preach about and talk about. But like, um yeah, they took, um, they took these two people who used to do exorcisms and their whole experiences, and they have a whole house of like all demonic stuff that are literally, if you touch it, demons will follow you. So you're not supposed to touch them. You're not supposed to interact with them. Just don't touch them. Like, so it's from all their like trips of like, you know, completing exorcisms and stuff like that, and just taking these dynamic, uh, demonic objects and keeping it safe from the community, right? But with the nun, and so all the stories before this one have all been true, right? But obviously, you know how Hollywood like glorifies things and changes things up. But with Nun Two, though, guys, with Nun Two, this movie was it, at the very beginning. Of the movie, it said it wasn't even a true movie. Like, literally, they just took one of the true movies that they did and told the story in a different way. That's what these people did on Nun 2. So this is how you should preach the gospel. Like, this movie just just, just literally painted a picture of what I'm trying to tell you guys. So, guys, this is a horror movie. Nun 2 from 2023. It came out this year. Have y'all, have y'all seen it yet? It's not even scary. Like, it's in the scary movie category. But all that makes it scary is looking at the nun sometimes and when she scares you. other than that, it's not a scary movie at all. It's literally, to me, a Christian movie. Like, because literally, even at the very beginning of the year, I told you, every single The Nun movie, Conjuring movie, any movie that's from the same creators, directors, like it's a horror movie, they say at the very beginning of the movie, this is a true story. This literally happened. But with this one, they didn't even do that. Because they knew it was just a whole different storyline, whole different everything. It, It didn't happen. It's just the same characters telling a different story. That's what shows do. That's what movies do, right? So with Nun 2, like literally, they took the the, the nun concept, what literally happened, and they just changed it, right? To preach the gospel. And literally like the whole movie to me, The Nun 2, it was just saying like, Jesus can help you. Jesus is what you need. He's the only one that can protect you from any demonic forces. And without him, you're doomed. So you name the name of Jesus to extra to a demonic force, they have to listen to you, they have to bow down to you because, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Demons, angels, uh, beetles, bees, uh, known creatures, unknown creatures, they all bow down to the name of Jesus, and if they don't yet, they will, right? And I'm mainly talking about humanity because humanity is the only one behind that lags behind that. So, yeah, the Nun, too, man, like this movie was just preaching the gospel man every y'all need to watch it tell me if i'm wrong y'all watch none too man literally like the main character is a nun and she had an experience before with this same demonic force that pictures herself as one of god's chosen vessels it's a nun but she's a demonic force and basically the whole video is this child of god so the actual nun that's good that's alive they have the love of God and all that. She's sent to take out this demon, do something about it. And she did, right? But she couldn't do it without the name of Jesus, right? So long story short, she won, her friend won. They're both nuns. God protected them. That was the story, guys. It was so good. Like, literally, guys, my whole point is they took a horror film in the horror, horror genre. What horror film, film do you know is a Christian film? I ain't never seen no horror film that's a christian film have you i mean a christian film horror movie i mean have we even seen really a christian film action movie you see what i'm saying like christians are failing in so many ways but literally whoever wrote the nun 2, they took that movie that horror genre and preached the gospel through it so guys like i asked everybody at the very beginning of this video man i'm gonna ask it again like um i want to make sure i said it the same exact way Yeah, I asked, what new genres, new ways of speaking, storytelling, and sense making are arising to articulate new and life-giving ways of moving through God's world? See, guys, it's vital. We have to present new and life-giving ways. This is what the gospel does. Life-giving, life-altering, life-changing. Man, things... Jesus said, I'm going to give you life and life more abundantly. When we preach the right messages, when we say the right stories in the Bible, if we really know our Bibles and preach the gospel in the right way that God intended for us to preach, oh my gosh, the stories that we tell other people, it will change everything in their lives, everything better. But like, do you know those stories? Do you really have a relationship with God? We got so many people telling people about Jesus, telling people about God. They don't even know God and Jesus for themselves, right? So. Yeah, that's the whole point of today's video man like one misconception we have i want to go ahead and say see this is you can only go as far as the lies you've been told <laughs> i'm gonna leave it there you can only go as far as the lies you've been told at the end of the day you have to you have to unprogram and from the brainwashing in the programming you received in your youth you have to unlearn certain lies that your parents told because your parents did they know everything But they act like sometimes they do. Like some of the stuff they just say is a fact, but it's just their reality. It's just what they experience. It's not true for every single soul on the earth. So guys, like one misconception that believers has is we have to say the Bible and preach the Bible in this same exact way. This is how you do it. So they limit and put God in a box. They don't think they 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 shun innovation. They shun change. Like if you change and innovate, like that's of the devil, man. You you can't be like the world. Like, the world, like, that's Satan. Like, I remember I played, like, uh, just the rap instrumental behind my videos before. Like, it's my video shorts of me talking on YouTube. And I did, like, a, uh, you know, playing instrumental, but it's rap instrumentals. You wouldn't know that. Like, it doesn't even have rap music in it. They were, like, some people were commenting, like, oh, man, that's the devil's music. Why are you playing the devil's music? It's the instrumental. just instrument's playing, and somebody could rap to it. That's it but it's just the instrumental but so a drum and a guitar is the devil's music if you just play it the right way like what like, like like some people think gothic music I'm sure is the devil's music you see what I'm saying like they they try to put god in a box saying he can't move and operate in this way but does god listen to you does he listen to me does he do things our ways or does he do things different ways like can he not reach anybody in any genre in any dynamic or whatever yes he can so is god limited heck no he's not So, guys, like one misconception people have is this. So updating the stories in the Bible uh, contradicts the Bible. That's what they have. But that's what I'm trying to say in this video. That's what I'm trying to convey throughout this whole series of me just breaking down this book. You know, the Old Testament for a complex world, how the Bible's dynamic testimony points to new life for the churches by Karen B.R. Howard. Right. So just with this, I want to make sure you guys see it just in case you're interested. Right. So You can pause the video and, and watch it. yeah just with this video right all right i was just trying to convey to you guys like man updating stories is a fundamental biblical idea it's how the bible was made it was how the bible was created and this is why the bible is still relevant today the scribes who wrote the bible right somebody had to write the bible and it was multiple scribes you have scribes who literally wrote down what god told them so scroll writers so they made scrolls then you got scribes who took their writings that they read and saw from these other scribes and translated what they said to their people the people in their community. And they wrote the stories of other people in their time period for their generation to understand what the past scribes wrote to understand how God operates and stuff in their life. And that just kept on going and going and going. Like, how many translations did the new international version go through to become the new international version? Like, how many scroll writers? translators came before to make that see what I'm saying the new King James version Bible even the King James version like it's a lot but what's crazy is the Bible is the most sold book in history in mankind it's still the best-selling book right now the Bible is still applicable today why how see that's what the author was talking about how the Bible was made shows how we should be preaching the gospel it's a revelation to us so the Bible's look just right from what I just said like the bible is still relevant today because the people took out the time to be relative to the people in their community they took out the time to know the identity of their communities and did whatever it took to paint god in a way that everybody could understand so does the church do that today that's what the church should be doing that's what preachers should be doing that's what any lay persons or any member of a church should be doing like this is how you reach the world right yeah you have to update the story so it's the same story but you have to update the way that you tell it right so updating the stories of the bible does not contradict the bible that's a lot that some people think all you have to do is just update how you how you tell the story right so everybody gets it so there's so many ways now you can use dragon ball z reference for example like i'm about to tear that up on my youtube channel with my fiancee soon or like um yeah like um trying to think of different three little pigs even still just the horse and the hair, but that's old school. There's so many new stories being told right now, like The Nun too. You guys need not watch that movie. Like, that was a Christian movie, man, just preaching about Jesus and how you need him, man, and how he could protect you from any darkness, any force. Like, bro, like, there's so many ways, innovations that are happening right now in our face. Now, is the church utilizing those innovations to preach the gospel? You got to utilize those new methods and new ways of teaching the Bible, new ways of storytelling in order to receive different results in the day's time period or the same results of the past right because that's what's going to reach people you guys get it that's the video i pray you guys enjoyed it man so um yeah like i said before here go my social media pages have the best social media pages ever let me make it bigger so you guys can see it but i'm streaming right now on my youtube channel uh you can watch the playback of this video on my that does not let me make this smaller you can watch the playback of this video on my podcast, Upload Past Crossroads. I'm on my every podcast platform you can think of Spotify, uh, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Chromecast, Google Podcasts, stuff like that. Um, I'm also streaming on my Facebook, LinkedIn page, Sean Christopher Jenkins, my ex and Twitter page, Trouble Don't Last, streaming on there. i also streaming on my Instagram page, actually, Trouble Don't Last, what's up, party people. I'm streaming on my other Instagram page, my underscore, daily underscore, Bible. And that's also, uh, Trouble Don't Last is also my Snap, Instagram, TikTok, thread, stuff like that. All right, my other uh, social media platform is Tumblr. So trouble don't last number one, and then also like I said uh, on my YouTube channel, upload past crossroads. I have a whole lot of videos, man. a whole lot of playlists and stuff. So if you uh, if you're interested, and you want to learn even more about this book right here, the Old Testament for a complex world: um, how the Bible's dynamic testimony points to new life for the church by Cameron B. R. Howard. You can get this book. read it or you can just listen to me talk about this book on my youtube channel because this book touched me so much i'm gonna keep on doing more and more videos on it so i have a playlist on just that book the old testament for a conference world by cameron b.r howard that's what the playlist title and then also i break down books a lot because i read a lot of books so anytime i break down a book that's a playlist on my youtube channel titled book breakdowns book reviews so again that's on my youtube channel upward past crossroads but i pray you guys were inspired to not just Um, I pray you guys were inspired by this video to not just uh, keep on saying the same story over and over again because guys you hate that Like I try to use this example in my last video but I'm going to say it again Um, just imagine you had to listen to the same exact song every single day all your life for the rest of your life and that was the only song you could ever listen to and I mean you listen to it from your birth all the way to the day you die let's say you died at 99 you think you're going to get tired of that song? You think that song going to mean as much to you as it did before? Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, songs songs get old over time. I don't care how great the song is for you. So, like, you only listen to it when you need it or, you know, when you really want to hear it. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you're really in the mood. You don't waste listening to the songs when you don't need to hear it, right? Otherwise, you get tired of the songs. So how many songs do you know that you just get tired of? So, that's that's how some people are with the Bible, actually. like They hear the story of David all the time. They don't want to hear nothing else about David. But there's so much to say about David. But we don't cover everything about David. You see what I'm saying? We just focus on Goliath and him killing Goliath with the stone. Or we focus on um, Bathsheba. We talk about that a little bit. But we don't talk about all the stuff in David's life. Like Say everything. We want to learn it all. Talk about Solomon. Say everything. Not just he was the wisest man. But even the wisest man stumbled and fall even him he fell to idols from the women that he was with in his olden age like and it probably is why Rehoboam, his son came out so bad right another king of israel like he came out awful he was not wise like his father he was an idiot he had no common sense at all so how does somebody with so much wisdom the wisest man ever did, solomon come out with a son that's so stupid probably because you know, the apple doesn't fall short from the tree. He was just picking up on all the bad stuff that his dad did and none of the good. Like, you see what I'm saying? Because it's the end of his life. That's probably all he got. You see what I'm saying? He didn't get to the beginning it's Like his life, seeing how wise his dad was growing up and stuff. But guys, you see what I'm saying? Like, there's so many stories that need to be told in the Bible. So many characters, stories that need to be told in the Bible. And like, there's so many different ways of teaching it. And like, the world needs to hear those messages. So what are you doing? to teach those messages. What ways are you telling those stories and how much effort are you putting into it? Because you can't say it in the same exact way all the time for all millennials, like all centuries. For all, No, it has to change, right? So that's the video, guys. So new ways of storytelling, part two. I pray you guys enjoyed it. You can get way more on my YouTube channel up past Crossroads, all right? And you guys have a good holidays. I'm wearing my Christmas stuff. I got Santa and uh, Rudolph here. All right, some Christians will be like, that's a pagan holiday. Hey, what will we just talk about, man? Like, we just talked about how to reach people in your community. So that's what I'm doing. All right, I'll talk to you guys later. Peace out.